Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> you got to remember that acronym. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can't type in Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike yeah, Spiegelman. Work. You can't even type in Let's Watch a Feature-Length Movie on YouTube. No, it's no, no, A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We would love for you guys to write that acronym down, subscribe to our podcast. We stream first. Oh, we're always honored and delighted to be mm -hmm. on eradio.fm. You can hear the show before the podcast drops every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Why don't you make it an afternoon? Uh, Station manager Jam Benjamin has been putting on live shows at four o'clock after mm. our show at seven o'clock. Yep. So, you know, check it out. You could also Dominique. donate some money to the station, go to Venmo and send some money to at Mutiny Radio. Or go to mutinyradio.fm and hit the donut button. Yeah, hit the donut button. You can't miss it. It says donut on it. Yeah, the and, big circle has uh, a hole in the middle, so <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and uh, you can check it out, even though it's a California donut. It's not a really New Jersey donut. Yeah, yeah. Well, water the water's really different. Effective. Yeah, the water's different. Uh, but go ahead and donate some money to the station. Carl, what movie are we watching today on uh, YouTube? Today we are watching King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain, 1981. That is yeah. what we'll put in your YouTube search engine. And the channel we like is Lucas. Lucas Films? Well, uh, it's not Lucas Films. Let's just take another look here. King of the Mountain, Liga. It's like. Okay. Well, check it out. There's it's King of the Mountain. Choice, as you see. Well, I have the one that says Legendary PT on it. That's it. That's it. That's Lucas. 
Okay, sounds An good. An ad will run, so press play, skip the ad, then back up to zero, zero, zero. Okay, sounds good. I guess uh, Carl and I will uh, cause some diversionary actions until you get the done. Carl, how's life? Oh, uh, fine. It's a COVID pandemic. Uh, I said you call oh, that fine. That's it. All right. Well, sounds great. I think we said enough time, but now you've skipped the commercial. You have it to zero, zero, zero. We have a great new feature that has been more exciting than the movies itself. Carl has <laughs> combed the uh, comedic landscape of New Jersey and find all the finest comedians to do the countdown for the movie. And I'm very excited to have New Jersey's finest. Yeah, take it away, Carl. Oh, at this time, it's Andrew Rich, believe it or not, because we're doing King of the Mountain, and that's important to him. You'll find out why right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Celebrity Comedian Countdown with today's guest, Andrew Rich. Welcome, Andrew. Hey there, Carl. Happy to be here. Now, you and I are both out there in the comedy scene, and we sort of share a similar demographic. We're like king of the open micers. We don't live in our mom's basement, you know what I mean? Yeah, in other words, we're, we're old is what you're saying. I think that's <laughs> the, uh, the easy way to say it. <laughs> but, I mean, it super differentiates us. I mean, we've got an extra dollar for another beer, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I've always said, you know, one of the best things about doing comedy, like, you know, I've always felt, you go on Facebook and the community I live in, I always feel inferior to the people that I uh, that I socialize with. And now when I go into the comedy world, that's no longer exist. I feel great about myself. You know, I never, I've never been kicked out of my, uh, my mom's basement or evicted from my aunt's house. You know, like I, I have a, I have a job. I have a house. I feel good about myself. We can really relate there. Now, people can find you online. I, you've got a Facebook page and a YouTube. So you're performing for nobody. What, what is it on Facebook exactly? Yeah, so performing for nobody is um, is just that. It's on Facebook, performing for nobody with Andrew Rich. It was kind of a concept I came up with during the pandemic just to yeah. kind of keep fresh and do material. Uh, with the, uh, you know, the premise being that I'm actually performing for nobody, whether a pandemic or not, because oftentimes as comedians, you know, we, we really are just performing for nobody. Essentially, we're performing for ourselves. And that was that was the whole concept. Um, I also have a YouTube page, which is under uh, Andy R. Ross. Uh, it's a kind of a fake name I made up a long time ago. I have lots of uh, fun little videos there that, that I think your uh, your people will enjoy. Andy R. Ross on YouTube. Okay, now, Andrew, today, Michael and I are going to do the movie King of the Mountain, 1981. And, uh, of course, you know, you must guess why I wanted you on to do the countdown on, countdown on this particular episode. I can only speculate, Carl, that it has to do with the King of the Mountain comedy competition that you and I produced a few weeks ago and have our second one coming up. Uh, we had a very successful show. It almost ended our friendship, but uh, we had a very <laughs> successful show, and I am very much looking forward to the next one. Yeah, me too. And that's coming up at Scotty's, a date that will be determined, I don't know, perhaps in April. Let's see. Uh, what is available. Okay, so why don't we count down and all together watch King of the Mountain. Okay, I am very ready and nervous for the countdown, but I'm going to give it a shot. Here we go. Three, 
two, one, go. Wow, that was a great reason that the comic had to introduce that film. <laughs> I'm really glad I just heard it. Yes. All right. Let's get Universal. To Universal. Universal. Dun, dun. Oh, no, the giant letters are covering the earth. Ooh, look at this 80s graphic. Right. It, but the thing is, that's 70s kind of graphics, but it's just 81. It just became the 80s. They don't know now how to get out of the 70s yet. No, there was some defiantly uh, fashions of the 81 that kind of said we're a new decade. I suppose you're right. Yeah. Ooh, this is the mountain. Guys, What's the best the thing about 81? Reagan getting shot, I guess? Reagan, that was a clean break from the 70s. <laughs> that was a clean break, all right. Right through his rib. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could laugh about it now. Well, we were yeah. laughing about it then. <laughs> well, it's been, what, uh, 20, it's been 40, 41? It's been 20 years, that's correct. 1991, 40, President Reagan. 40. <laughs> 40 years, that's right. If you can't laugh about a guy getting shot 40 years later, then there's no laughing ever. Oh, we laughed about it. They're truly tasteless jokes back in the day. Did you know what the USA stands for? What? Need another president. <laughs> Wait, I don't get it. Need another seven presidents. You know, hang on a second. Do you know uh, why they couldn't get seven up uh, the time Reagan got shot? Why? Oh, why they could only get spray? Because he got shot. <laughs> Truly tasteless. I, oh, the joke. I is. don't get it. Okay, what we're seeing is aerial view, like a helicopter view of Mulholland Drive. Hell. Right, the star of this movie. This is the hill that they they race on. Yeah, that's right. This is the famous hill uh, that he is king of the mountain, king of the hill. It's called. They don't call it king of the hill though. They call it king of the mountain. Right. And it's based upon real life in the seven in, in the sixties and seventies. There was truly racing on this like narrow, steep, twisting, particularly dangerous portions of Mulholland Drive. Uh, it's near, you know, I'm from LA, as you know. Yes, it's near the uh, Santa Monica Mountains. Um, it's like by Laurel Canyon. Um, yep. Gorgeous, gorgeous. In fact, if you saw Once Upon a Time in America, they used yeah. that uh, in Hollywood, excuse me, dot, 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 excuse me, in Hollywood. Uh, Tarantino's <laughs> character has lived up in the Hollywood Hills, and we got to see Mulholland Drive. Ooh, look, it's Harry Hamlin of Beastmaster. Yep, yep. from from uh, from Clash of the Titans, and of course from L.A. Law. Ew, look at that ugly L.A. That's like, 80s L.A., that's not 70s yes. L.A. <laughs> Ooh, look at that car. He's fucking sporting it. Yeah, this is a really nice car, uh, and it's based upon the cars from the from the uh, from the guys who really drove there. Right now, this is a 1958 Porsche Speedster. It's a German uh -huh. racing car, uh, a silver Porsche 356 speed speeder Speedster. But guess what, Mike? It's not. Oh no, is it a phony car? Right. Look at Harrison Ford. It okay, look, there's this. Ugh, look at his look at his silly, silly canary yellow 1979 Pontiac Trans Am. What is that to a 1958 Porsche Speedster? Am I right? Well, I love how coincidentally, like 
they're they just happen to be cruising around and now they found each other and they're gonna race. Yep. That's how but it that's happens. That's not what we're gonna see. They're not gonna get the green light and peel out and go. They're um, gonna go up to the top of Muhammad Drive. <laughs> no, it's the director didn't do a very good job there. Uh, he look there. It says Mulholland Drive. You can see. Ooh, I didn't realize this was based on a New West article. Yes, it West is. Magazine article. A magazine article in 1978 gave the idea for this film. Now, um, underneath, okay, Hamlin's Speedster was actually a modified Volkswagen Beetle-based kit car, wearing a replica body with flared fenders. Actual speedsters did not have the flares. And this was done primarily because a real-life speedster, it's very rare. It would have been difficult and expensive to locate a real one and what, the possibility of damaging it. So Yeah, they, right. Which is the whole irony of it. I want to pay money to see one of these cars get fucked up. Well, the thing is, this movie is not a very good movie, but that is what it's all about. Uh, this is Buddy. This is Buddy. Um, Hamlin is named Steve. And he's okay. saying, these guys want to bet $100. We don't have $100. And he goes, we're not going to need $100. And he goes, that's all I wanted to hear. Okay, you got yourself a bet. I was too busy looking at their hair to hear what they were saying. Oh, and I'm wrong. It is the yellow Trans Am. I'm very sorry yeah. about that. The thing is, it's it's so dark and crappy. Now, the cinematographer here was a very, is a very good cinematographer. Sure. Uh, but he didn't do a good job. Excellent shooting in, in Georgia, by the way. <laughs> yeah. In Georgia. Okay, his name is Donald Peterman. He would go on to do Point Break, Men in Black. And Classic. there's lots of good shots of cars. Oh, there he that's is. Not that's Dennis, right? Dennis that's Hopper? De that's right. Dennis Rodman. That's right. No, that's Dennis Hopper, and he's playing Cal, C-A-L. Okay. And he used to be the king of the mountain, okay? But he had an accident that almost killed him, and it just took him out of racing. He was in traction, you know, like it took him years to recover. And he's just dying to be king of the mountain again, but it just, he's not ready. Now, do you think it's a coincidence his name is Cal in California? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, one guy's name is Steve. Another guy's name is Harry. Whoa. I mean. Yeah. Well, that's obviously references to Los Angeles. Oh, really? Steve. There's Buddy, Tina, Roger. I mean, these names are not like – there's nobody named Mulhall, right? <laughs> no one's right. named Moral. Yeah, Hollywood and Vide. Hey, there's my buddies, Hollywood and Vide. Grizzly Adams will show up in this film, and his name is Rick. Yeah. Now, this is – racers love this film. People who are into cars love this film, and there's so many cars, you know. I mean, the internet told me about it. I'm not a car guy, you know. Yeah. I think – oh, cops. Cops. It's over now. Well, Everybody skedaddle. It's a, it's a rust. Oh, no. Fast and the Furious, oh, zero. Look at that car. Yeah. That is – it's an alcohol polka blue 1969 Ford Mustang Fastback. Wow, that sounds pretty cool. It's a Mach 1 variety, I'll have you know. 
Oh, I did not know. <laughs> you should have me know about that. Now here's well, got the choppers, right? That's perfect yeah. about LA. Yeah, and you got a camera there in the copper, you had chopper, so you got that that's point of view. And he's gonna play Renegade by Styx. Oh my god. Yeah. What's up with hair? Does Stephen Hopper know that he's on camera right now or is he just having a couple beers? He's caught. Hamlet's caught. Uh oh. No way out. No way out. Only way is through the rails. Via chopper. Well, the thing is, it's very steep. You can't go, it's all cliffs. You can't just go over, you know, he can't just off road it. I think movie wise, there's Muhammad, Muhammad Drive and Muhammad Falls. I always get those two movies mixed up. Yeah, Once well, if you go over, you're gonna fall. <laughs> Look, he's got an old cassette tape, 1981 cassette tape. Yeah, 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 it's high tech. I'm listening to my cassette pet. He's too cool for the cops, man. Oh, the cops busted him. He's like, you got me. You got you, me. You expensive cop chopper and busted me driving quickly. <laughs> they spent more money busting him than he did committing the crime. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's about, uh, you know, it's not a business. It's about enforcing the law. It's safety, right? You don't you don't need mugheads racing down the Holland Drive. Falls. That's right. Yeah. Now, what he would yeah. they would do? The real racers is people would go to the cross streets and they would block it with their cars and put down flares, and you know the cars would zoom past, and within two seconds they could move the cars and the. It, you know, the road would be opened up again. This is how they got away with it for so many years. Oh, I, listen, Carl, you're acting like I didn't I didn't subscribe to New West Magazine. I think I'm aware. <laughs> New West. God, I, I hate that. I know that that was a, David Barry wrote that article, right? Really? Barry's yeah. World? Dave's World? Dave Barry. It, no, well, it was entitled Thunder's Road. It wasn't his regular... Barry's world, uh, Barry's world, regular, no, <laughs> Thunder Road. Um, okay, the article detailed some of what was going on in the canyon and made specific reference to two particular drivers, Chris Banning, who owned and raced a heavily modified Porsche 911, and Charles Crazy Charlie Woit, who owned and raced a vintage, uh, it's a Chevrolet, you'll see that later, that's Cal's car, who owned and raced a vintage 427 cubic inch big block powered Chevrolet Corvette. The article provided the inspiration for the film and its two main characters who were based on Banning and Wolt. But Look at this guy's this guy's apartment is like total 80s. He's got synthesizers, he's got pills, he's got muscle uh, yeah. muscle bent. This Not is nice. Roger. Roger is trying his best to be a music producer. That's really what he wants in life. He wants to be a right. music producer. He's all about keyboards. Now here's Buddy, okay? And Buddy is like, listen, Steve's in jail. We got to spring him out. It's going to cost you $200 bail. He's like, you missed it, Buddy. You missed the big one. You missed the big race. <laughs> you missed anyway he needs 200 dollars bail oh if you were there oh if you're only there you we would have the mail buddy sooner yeah 
You could have paid the bill sooner, but now here I am. Wow. The uh, internet also says that uh, Steve seems to be an amalgamation of two young drivers profiled in the article, Chris Banning and John Hall. Now, I'm not sure who John Hall is, but Chris Banning would go on in 2006 to write a book called entitled The Mulholland Experience, detailing his experiences, what it was like to be part of the community and being the inspiration for a film. So. Oh. Oh, I wonder what film that is. This oh, was it the, the Blind Side? Are you <laughs> sure it wasn't the Blind Side? I uh, no, it was not the Blind Side. I beat the odds. Was the inspiration and in the book for the Blind Side? <laughs> it was a gotcha. different, different. I remember joking with my kid about that book. He was reading it for school, and it's like I beat the odds. And he's like, "Why did they call nerds odds, Dad? I don't know, but he beat them." But they beat them. They beat the odds. <laughs> they beat the odds. Hey, weirdo, come here. So anyway, this community of racers, they were notorious. Uh, the Canyon residents, like, uh, there would be accidents. And like I said, they would block the road. Zoom, the drivers would go past, and they would unblock the road. So it, like, wasn't too much of a hassle. Until right. there were big crashes and big fireballs and people going over a cliff and into somebody's swimming pool, you know? Ooh. So this, like, police patrols were, like, increased to be a full-force crackdown. By the 90s, this shit was over. That is so strange, like, the hive mind of, like, if there's one guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to race down the hall and drive. This is my idea. And then there's another guy who's like, what a great idea. Let's share this experience. And then suddenly you have this whole, like, social outing. Yeah, and spectators who are all a part of it, and chicks, you know, like oh yeah, groupies kind of. Okay, so these guys are being jerks and won't move their car to let uh, to let Buddy's Steve. car out. So, so Steve is gonna hotwire it and steal it because he's a yeah. badass. He's a badass. Oh yeah. Oh, it's really easy to hotwire a car, Carl. I spring you from jail and bail and you steal a car? <laughs> yeah, what a shithead. Not a good friend. Very uh, destructive friend. Yeah. Now, yeah. the thing is that why is it that this is a one of their vintage cars? Like, they have nothing to do with the racing community. It shouldn't be a vintage car at all. They love but cars. They do. Yeah. Hey, come on, it is a movie. I want to see some good cars. <laughs> well, actually, no, but seriously, uh, hot rod kind of people, car enthusiast people, they love this film, and they really don't think it's a good film. It's just that, like, they see a 1970 Dodge Super B. Right, sure. A 78 Ferrari 308 GTS. They're like, this shit is the shit. Oh, listen to our song. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Now, this is not Baby Shark. This is a song called Let's Be Dangerous Strangers. And that's Deborah Van Valkenburg, who's playing Tina. Now, you might recognize her from The Warriors in 1979, but sure. really, she did five years on that stupid sitcom, Too Close for Comfort. Oh, she's the, the daughter. Yeah, Ted Knight's daughter. Yeah, sure. Monroe's friend. And Bullock, was that his name? Yes, Monroe. 
Right. Listen. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's a story about Monroe and his next door neighbors. Now, the, the thing is, he's she's really singing. She's also a singer, you see. Gotcha. Horrible songs, horrible songs. Yeah, well, you know, that, that show really was too close for comfort. There we go. So in looking up the research for her, it was very clear that, like, her IMDb page, she wrote it. Like, she had her time in the 80s, and since then, she's like, she, oops, sorry. What was that? Tours with, um, I don't know, she does go around the country, like, doing plays with theater groups and such, and she's still a singer, and she's very much... She was a singer at the time, but she never got very successful. Her success came on that TV show. It's true she's in this movie. She was in The Warriors. Right. But it kind of, this was her time. This was her time. Well, let's put it this way. I bet she still has her house in the hills. Yes, she does. She lives in L.A. Now, she was born in New York, Schenectady, New York. But, yeah, she's right. all about L.A., and she absolutely makes a living doing acting and music. Nice. So, yeah. She, in college in Schenectady, she had a, a a little bit of success with like a folk group. Um, the Schenectady Five? The Schenectady Five. No, they were named something like, I don't know, the Dingleberries. I don't know what they're <laughs> but But they were... Anyway, she's the big star in this film. This song is so lame. They're saying, are you looking for love or just a one night stand? It's horrible music. It's a long song for a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it goes on and on because it was produced by a real producer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have the soundtrack on uh, Laserdisc. So basically what's happening is Steve and her are making the Google eyes. Like they're just meeting and they're definitely right. falling in lust. Um, I just, what a lucky guy. He just came for some cocaine and then he fell in love. <laughs> Jack Nietzsche. Do you ever hear of, no, Nit, Nitzsche. Do you know that name? Uh, it sounds like a Nietzsche, uh, probably reaches a Nietzsche audience. <laughs> It's NIT, N -I -T, then the letters D, NIT, and then S-D-H, which must be the SH with an E at the yeah. end. So it's NIT ZISH. Anyway, yeah. the internet thinks yeah. he's a big deal. He produced a lot of famous songs. Like what? Go to Arby's? <laughs> I don't know, man. There was so much to research in this thing. I might have cheaped out on him. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, go to Pathmark. I wrote the go to Pathmark song. <laughs> now, ShopRite does the can can selling lots of. Hey, I produced this. My yeah. son produced this. Selling lots of cans of every brands of everything in cans. You know, I was a very repressed childhood. That was the only time I got to see legs was during the uh, yeah. can can commercials. No, those, you know what cans they were talking about, right? Uh huh, yeah. Why do you think yeah. they said them twice? They had the cans on their chest and the can on that's their butt. Well, yeah, I thought the cans on their butts. I forgot. Yeah, right. The cans on their chest too. Oh, and nice cans, lady. 
Oh, look at this. They're at a movie house, these goddamn pre-pandemic fucks. No, they're still in the movie theater, right? Uh, the, the music studio. Yeah, they're still in the music studio, and it's like, Steve, meet Tina, and they're just, like, totally in love. He looks like uh, Michael Jackson, album, the way he's just hanging out there. Well, the thing is, he's got no musical ability at all. It's just that his two friends, Roger and Buddy, have the musical ability, and it's like a subcast. It's not they're they're former race. Uh, Buddy is a former racer, not not Roger. Right. Roger Racer. <laughs> Roger Rabbit. <laughs> hey, this definitely looks eighties. No doubt about it. Oh, I don't yeah. see any seventies in this area. Their dress and yeah, the mirrors and just you know, this looks pretty new. That's the worst. Ah, there's Caesars. Now, if I lived in LA, we lived in LA, we'd be like, oh, I can't believe this street's on this movie. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, as you know, I did a lot of growing up in LA. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. I knew about the IHOP and everything. And, uh... <laughs> well, that was from your one bad play, right. uh, NJ or Bus. One man's well, one day, yeah, I picked up and I said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to Jersey. I, I, I don't care if I fail. I'm going to make it. And I just loaded up the car. Right. Headed down Route 80. Yeah. You said, listen, just because I was born in Los Angeles. Right. Doesn't mean that's where the action is. I'm that's not Jersey. where my heart was. I knew yeah. I could go out to... I mean, mediocrity was waiting, and I was going to take it. One exit at a time. <laughs> so they're doing some casual car drinking. There's lots. Uh, what what number? What uh, what are you on? What uh, oh, what time? Yeah, I'm on 21 minutes and 57 seconds. Thank you. Okay, yeah. There's lots of drinking, and guess what? They drink while they drive all over this whole film. There's drinking and driving completely. But they never stop and say we should do. There's no reference to it, right? They just kind of part of their life. There is no reference to like you don't see a sign that says "Don't drink and drive, kids." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and they never say like "You're too drunk to drive." No, not at all. Well, I heard like they were really drunk, so they called in a guy to do the race for them. They called a driver to to drive to do the race. What? So he was really drunk in Los Angeles, so, so he, he was too drunk to race. To do... Yeah, he called someone else to do the, to race for well, them. I do not remember that scene. They completely, as a matter of fact, you'll see Dennis Hopper chugging beer. You know, that's a real life story. Um, Dennis Hopper was completely um drinking during this film he would forget all his lines really was, yeah and there were drugs involved and you'll see when he does his dialogue that he talks like a craze it's it's not even good it's not good acting because uh, well, he, he was he was nowhere fast in 1980 right i mean he was he directed maybe a uh he, drank, he was you know, nowhere like, in 80. No. Uh, Blue Velvet was about to come along and sort in of... 87, 86. Now, my science project, we saw him in. That was 85. You right. can tell he wasn't doing so great, but that was well, a Hollywood movie. And he was well, in O.C. and Stiggs, too. Yeah, yeah. No, all right. So, listen, he uh, he, he kind of like the... the was working. Easy, Easy Rider was his big one. I mean, he was over in a lot of movies back then. 
uh, especially a lot of genre films. But uh, Easy Rider, he showed himself. He did. He directed a film called The Last Picture. Yeah. Which I've I've never seen. I would love to see. It's supposed to be horrible. Well, you uh, should see and, it just before you die, so that it's the last picture. Oh yes. Well, then I could finally check off all my books for a thousand movies to see before you die. We'll they they originally called it Ten Movies You Should See Before You Die. They said, "Well, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> Not going to get a repeat audience off of that." So anyway, they had a okay. Hopper had been in his trailer drinking all day long, and even though everyone said, "Don't do it, Noel," Noel Nosek said, "I don't care if he can die if he wants to. It's his life, but I need my shot." So he. He got a rig set up. It had about 15 minutes of film. Uh-huh. And Hopper came with a six pack of beer, jumped into his Corvette, and started driving. He didn't come back until an hour and a half later when all the beer was drank. And, you know, it was only 15 minutes of footage he got. He just joyrided. Oh, so he had the car, he, he was shooting himself driving around with a six pack. Right. Well, he was doing the course on Mulholland Drive in his, in the Corvette yeah. for real. And, you know, I guess at, at some point, the 15 minutes of film exhausted and he kept driving. I don't know. But he didn't come back until the six pack was gone. Wow. So that footage is in this movie, right? We'll, yeah, we'll that see footage it. is in this movie. It's the last race. And you'll see Hopper driving, drinking beer, and you'll see like a speedometer. No, it's not a speedometer. It's just like a stopwatch it's, that he's got taped up. It's been a speedometer. Oh, excuse me. Okay, so he, Steve has been all night with Tina, and his girlfriend's no fool. Oh, by the way, my middle kid is a Atari. Well, he's like yeah. a retro. He's uh, a video fiend. He's a retro gamer kind of thing. This is one of those original Ataris from back in the day. Yeah, it says Sears on it. Ooh, look at that. He's juggling Coke. Here, have a shaken up carbonated beverage. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, that's a classic Atari. You could tell the hardwood. They, uh, I think they had wood furnishing on the Atari to so make it look classy. Like, yep. that's it's something I wanted in my 2600, house. 2600, and the game is called Dodge'em. Sure. I have a collection. The internet didn't tell me that. My uh, 18-year-old. Well, that's very good. It's a two-player game. Apparently, player two got 12, and player one got four. Zoom. Also, this is very bad uh, graphics compared to what... There's the Corvette. There's... um, That's uh, a famous Corvette. So this, this is the scene you're talking about. I don't know that it is the scene yeah he's drinking a beer it's the scene he did gotcha. a lot of uh whoa that's code code of the silence ah. <laughs> Ooh, burger king 1980s burger king yep it really Can i have a chicken mcnuggets that? yeah it was exactly this is a different porsche and he and they're pushing a Porsche. Oh yeah. Now this is Steve's day job. He is a mechanic working on these kick-ass cars. And Cal 
uh, is his like, not boss, but he's like the head of the garage. So he just hangs around smoking and talking crazy. Yeah, he's talking crazy right now. Look at him, man. He's so sad. Well, because Apocalypse Nine was what Apocalypse Now was 1979, right? Or 77. That was his like real big role. In Apocalypse Now, his crazy talk was scripted. Yeah, Most yeah, of the yeah. time, his crazy talk is ad lib stuff and stupid. But in uh, Apocalypse Now, it was they knew who they were hiring. They hired him on purpose, and they wrote, "What would Dennis Hopper say? What would Dennis Hopper say?" And they wrote it. You can't go to Mars, man. What are you going to land on three fifths and two eighths, man? It was pretty. Stop with the siren. They really did his, you know, like yeah. There's Grizzly Adams. Oh, so weird seeing him with a shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Haggerty. His name is Rick. Dan Haggerty. Yeah. Now, listen, Dan Haggerty did a lot, a lot of movies, but most of the time he was Grizzly Adams. Uh, 74, 77, 81, TV movie in 82. I think I said this before to you, Carl, but I get Grizzly Adams and Trapper John M.D. mixed up. Why? Really? I think it's because Trapper John sounds like he should be Grizzly Adams. You know what I mean? He like, was a, like a, a, a like a trapper, trapper who would yeah, help. Yeah, a bear trapper. Like I put I put a bear trap. Uh -huh. Are you sure that's you sure that's gonna be effective? Yes, I am a doctor. I'm also a doctor. <laughs> okay, but a trapper, Mike, is not about bears. A trapper is about skins like beaver skin, and oh, really? a trapper gets small game like rabbit hide. <laughs> And oh, they don't go after the big bear. That's right. And what you do is you go out there and trap, 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 and then you skin them all, and then you take all your pelts down yeah. to some general store who will buy them and make like a coonskin cap and a, you know, a pork pie. Hat. And that's oh, what but they'll make pro a prophylactics, right? Back in the day, jackets and that kind of stuff. And prophylactics. <laughs> no. <laughs> They had not invented rubber in the yeah, okay. 1700s, 1800s. Actually, yeah, in the 1800s, they did invent rubber. When was rubber? 1920s? When was rubber first? Oh, right. Uh, the Earlier. movie? Oh, um, I don't know. I thought that stuff was always around. I guess you're right. It must have came from a certain point. Yeah, well, no. It was not around in, like... Um, the time of covered wagons and uh anyway we're digressing right so also even though when he wasn't in grizzly adams movies he was like in this thing called grizzly mountain you know yeah grizzly mountain oh by the way Wait, he was an e easy rider as man in commune oh i i'm very familiar with the, the that scene uh yeah, Easy Rider. I love that movie, but the commune scene, I said it before, yeah. kills the movie. It kills the movie. It was and totally can... before there was such a thing as Grizzly Adams. He was just being himself, man. Dan Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. Oh, was he role. the guy they passed a the joint to? Was that him? Wait, was he <laughs> the guy who talked when it was his turn to talk? It was every time there was like people in a circle, they all talked like him. Now, one of the things he did was he was a restaurateur, and in 1977, you know, he's got his big I'm Grizzly Adams beard. Sure. 
1977, there was a patron in one of his restaurants carrying a flaming cocktail, and his beard caught on fire. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, why would you sell flaming cocktails? Yeah, with a beard like that around. Yeah, right. Grizzly Adams. Beards welcome. <laughs> Show up with your Grizzly Adams beard, and we'll give you a free flaming cocktail on us, and then on you. Ha <laughs> ha. Seriously, guys, I just want to say one more time we did Mind Science Project with uh, yeah, Hopper, and we did OC and Stiggs. You should check them out. Um, he's good in those two, yeah, I guess. You know, and also River's Edge was probably another big film, a redemption film for him because uh, -huh. uh, it showed he was an actor. Apocalypse Now was a redemption film, Blue Velvet was a redemption film. He, you know, he's he went away and came back. He directed a lot of films in his life, The Last Picture Show and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. he did Colors, uh, and then he did uh, he did some terrible little film where they had to, like, cross, like, I can't even explain it. This woman's a criminal, and these police officers have to uh, have her go across uh, state lines. So it's a crazy, Chasers, I think the film's called. It's just, it just makes no sense. Now, one of the things I'm surprised at this movie about is that, okay, in real life, there were a few occasions in which the police were, like, chasing the racers through, like, narrow roads and zipping away, you know, not on Mulholland, and they got away. They escaped. I mean, they're in souped-up, sure. fast race cars, you know, and they evaded, eluded the police many, many times, and that does not appear in this film. So do they like pull into people's private driveways and like hang out or? I don't know. That's a good question. You, what do you mean? The cops or the, I well, mean, either race, way. Like I've been on the Holland Drive. It's, you know, there's a certain point where you see a lot of private residencies and like, yeah, uh, with, with driveways and just a little, you know, maybe you could park. Well, okay. I actually, I, I will admit it, Mike. I actually evaded the police once. I really I went to Montclair State College. I was yes. fucking around with my friends. We were drunk and high. <laughs> and I drove through, you know, the barrier that, you know, uh, comes down and you got to put in your card, you know, the wooden plank. You drove through the wooden plank of Montclair College. And we hear, whoa! <laughs> so I zoomed my ass out of there on Normal Avenue. I made a quick right. I made a quick right. I went headed down Clove Road. And then instead of heading down to Route 3, I quickly pulled into Clove Road Apartments, uh, <laughs> car, turned the lights out, and we all got out and ran behind Clove Road. And the cops went, boom! That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, oh, man. <laughs> and I know the apartments you're talking about. That's funny. Okay, what's happening here is last night with his chick, Tina, and they're totally in love now, but they're really in lust. Like, they think they're – each one of them thinks they're so cool. He yeah, felt a cool. shake. He felt like a shimmy. And he's like, did you feel that? And she goes, no. So this is where he felt it. He knows his car is okay. He's checking out the road. There's no reason why he should have felt this oscillation, and it's bugging him. That's so strange. That's when you need a break. That's when you need to get a step away from cars. So he's going to go to Cal and say, what do you think it is, Cal? And Cal's going to go, that's the fear, man. And give the yeah. 
stupid speech. You know, Dennis Hopper also took photographs throughout the 60s. Yeah. Used, and if you're a fan of the Smiths, the Smiths used a bunch of Dennis Hopper photos on their album covers. So the thing is, he was in Rebel Without a Cause. Yes, and right. The guy who got him into photography was, um, uh, what's Sal his Minio? name? Guy. Salvinio. No. Uh, Jimmy Dean himself? Yeah, James. James Dean was a photographer, and he encouraged um, Hopper to try it. And he taught him all about F-stops and the different lenses, you know, stuff like that. And Hopper says it was him who launched him into photography. He also says that Dean was the best actor he ever worked with. I don't know why. I don't know why. Right. Well, what's the story about Rip Torn? Like they got it, like they they sued each other from some story that like I think Rip Torn had a story about Dennis Hopper and he said it on like on Carson and then Torn yes, sued. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, yeah. What was that? I know exactly what you're talking about. It was he yeah. Put him in Rip- one. It was there was some scandal. Oh, I forget. Like Rip, Rip Torn, the late Rip Torn was like a crazy guy himself. Like he before before he passed away, he broke into a, a bank, mm-hmm. uh, saying that it was just him being de- had, with dementia. Now the thing is, Rip Torn was almost what happened to uh, um, <laughs> Dennis <love> Hopper's contract. <laughs> I love him already. Yeah, got ripped the door. Oh. You know, one of our earlier episodes, we watched a a film that Norman Mailer directed, and it ends with Rip Torn hitting Norman Mailer with a hammer. I don't remember that. That was actually, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was like within the first year of our show, so it was, it was before you were regular. Now, do you know who Brad Davis is? He was in Chariots of Fire. He was the lead in Midnight Express. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I guess so. Midnight All Express. Right, well, no, well, I don't know. He was going to be, he was the lead in this movie and he got fired because of drugs. But Let, wow. let's, hear, let's hear Dennis Hopper freak out. I'm going to say he must have been on a lot of drugs to get kicked out of this movie. Yeah, I know because everyone else was. Come on, get thing. to Dennis Hopper's crazy toss. All right. He's just lighting up now. Go, Here Dennis, go. go. Dennis. I have the patience for this. I just can't hear it. All right, I'm going to turn it off. All right. Well, anyway, all he's doing is he's starting to rant. And it's embarrassing for the real life uh, Harry Hamlin. You can see it in his face. He doesn't know how to act. He looks right. away. He's pretending. Carl, that's all. That's, that's, you know, a lot of people say he can't act. Give me a break. He just looks wooden. That's all. Oh, yeah, Harry right. Hamlin? Uh, I don't know. Uh, listen, this guy, he's a smart guy. He graduated from Yale University. He had a degree in psychology and drama. 
Um, he, he's the son of the guy who helped invent the Saturn V rocket. I mean, he right. comes from – he was in a movie movie with George C. Scott, and right away yeah. he got like a Golden Globe nomination. Uh, he won Sexiest Man Alive in 87. He's not sure. a good actor, but he's a smart individual, and I don't know. Do you, have you ever seen movie movie? No. It's a movie parody movie. It's two parodies of, of movie genres. Uh-huh. So it's like a boxing movie parody. It's a strange little film. I saw it on the Late Show once, but I can't. I can't ever find it. It's tough searching for it. You type movie movie and you get like a million things. <laughs> well, should I try to put it in my Netflix queue? Yeah, Maybe I would recommend it. Netflix. Netflix. You know what? I bet you it's on Amazon Prime. But if you look movie, movie, and search with George C. Scott's name, you'll probably. That's true. It'll probably list George C. Scott movies. Maybe one we'll movie, movie. Buddy has made a sandwich, and he just won't share it with Richard, with Roger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read about this in New West. <laughs> <laughs> it was a two-parter. The sandwich, that's the, the article. Now, Buddy, you might recognize Buddy from uh, – okay, well, th- here we're seeing Roger. Roger was in Cruising with Al Pacino a uh, yeah. year earlier. That was his big big claim to fame. He also was from Yale. They didn't know each other there. He's a bachelor's in anthropology. But he was the best man at the wedding for the Doonesbury cartoonist. Gary Trudeau? Yeah, he was the this Roger to the left there was the best man. Look, he is sharing oh. the sandwich. Isn't that nice? Oh yeah, well, they're cruising. So they're all Yaleys. Like Gary Trudeau is an, is an infamous Yale guy. In fact, uh-huh. uh, his comic strip was published initially uh in uh, the Yale Daily Paper or whatever. Oh, called. I see. You because it was like we're all college kids from Yale. So they can that's as much yell as you can be to be the best man at Gary Trudeau's wedding. Yeah. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. So it's just a coincidence that Harry Hamlin went to Yale. He didn't know uh, Roger or Doonesbury, you know, Gary Trudeau. Now, uh, the guy sitting down there. Oh, by the way, in cruising, he played the he tickled the ivories, as it were, just like he's doing now. But at the gay bars at the leather bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, oh, yeah, I think, yeah, as if I saw it. I didn't see Cruising. I saw the James Franco movie. James Franco made a movie about the movie Cruising. Apparently, there was a, a scene uh, in the script about a gay bar that was so scandalous, they didn't shoot it. So James Franco said, I'm going to shoot a movie about shooting the scene from Cruising. Oh, really? Yeah, so he hires, like, James Franco is, has a lot of, like, sexual harassment suits against him, especially from his acting classes, mm-hmm. and, but in this movie, he gets these actors to reenact, you know, uh, scenes in a gay leather bar in the early 80s in New York, and the most part is these actors saying, I don't really want, to know if I should, you know, stick my dick out, and then, the, like, the last 10 minutes is, like, you know, these guys sticking their dicks out for this, <laughs> this film shoot. It's a seventy-minute film. It's it's a uh, interesting. Yeah. So he did the room, which is a film about making a film. The called Disaster Artist. Right. Uh, Disaster Artist. Book. Yeah, yeah. 
No, he does, you know, so you saw the end of that where he reenacts scene for scene the movie. Uh-huh. That's that's something he can really do. I don't know if he has people helping him or like he has this uncanny ability to reenact scenes. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you a good director, but it's it's really, you know, it's it's good, you know. Yeah. Oh, I wish the disaster artist movie was different. You know what I mean? Like that movie felt like king of the it felt like a bad movie podcast movie. Do you know what I mean? You had Hollywood comedians talking about this film. Oh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, what's going on? You're tearing me apart? What? And then I don't had- remember that. I, I I just remember the I remember his younger brother was in it and they, they were, were in the acting class and Well, in the beginning of the movie before the credits start, they oh, have okay. like uh, famous comedians, Hollywood comedians saying like, oh, the first time I saw The Room, I was like, what? And then the I credits see. start. I forget that. So and Pop then, Eats itself. Yeah, and then there's uh, three hosts of a bad movie podcast called How Did This Get Made? They're acting in this movie, all three of the hosts, who happen to be Hollywood actors as well. Mm-hmm. So that makes it another bad movie, movie podcast, movie, what have you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and also they're quoting it and they're, they're giving you a history of it. It just seemed like a, a podcast, a movie version of a podcast. Well, how much minutes was eaten up on that? I mean, was it 20 minutes? Was it 10 minutes? It wasn't much. I mean, the real story was about the, the crazy friendship that those two guys had. I see you like my movie just as I intended. <laughs> you think it's thing. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just as I meant for you to do. (laughs) Don't we do that during our sets? We're like, yeah, well, I'm glad you appreciated my tragedy, my (laughs) one-man tragic act. No, it wasn't meant to be funny at all. I I agree with you with your silence. This is more of a meditative piece. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't a bomb. That was my Andy Kaufman. I was anti-humor, and you picked up on it. (laughs) How many sets was I in that way? So they're back in the studio. Yeah, they are. So now there's a producer guy. And the producer guy is kind of going to, like, screw them over. He's he's not going to let them become recording stars. Rather, he'll just buy Buddy's songs. And he's like, Buddy will never go for that. Uh, you know, but he's like, listen, Roger, do you want to be – do you, you know, do you want to be a record producer or, or you sell your friends, you know, I don't know. So Roger does decide, okay, we'll take the deal, write up the contract. It's sort of like a betrayal on his friends, but it's not a very strong betrayal, but it is a betrayal. And there'll be a problem there. Then later, this guy will screw them both over. And... And then t- and and run with Tina, you know. So it's like right. a uh, it's like a double whammy. So Laurel Canyon is also known for a lot of musicians. So it's interesting that this film that takes place in the Holland Drive is also about the Los Angeles recording industry. Yeah, yeah right. And it's industry. done on purpose. And I remember Ladies of the Canyon by um, Joni Mitchell educating me that like this was a big music. Pl- uh, you know, place. Yeah. 
Now, this is Seymour Castle. I'm sure you recognize his face. Uh, yeah, right. Well, I know him as much older, right? He, he's always in, like, he always plays older guys. Or yeah, I know him in movies from the 90s where he was a lot older. I'm on a Seymour Castle diet. Now, he was in Postal. We saw that. Yeah, that's right. I like that. I liked our show of that film. We have a. Uh, it's unfortunate that our our episodes uh, are named by the date that it first airs on Mutiny Radio. Right. And it's a shame that I haven't updated my website. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Uh, it, it's still. I think I stopped in 2019 in November. <laughs> wow. Maybe we should um, try. There's no way for us to get the date to include the name, right? Right, but we can put a. We have a screen grab of all our shows. We can just post it on our on our Facebook page. Okay, you and me get. We'll get offline and make that happen so that people. No, let's can... let's do it now. So let's see. The first episode <laughs> <laughs> was in 2016 in September, and it was uh, He Man and the Master. Okay, now, that's Seymour Castle is also our Star Trek connection. You know, there's one every show. He was right. in the Next Generation. Uh, oh. Was he uh, a, a recurring character? No, no. He was just in one episode. And um, let's see, what was that episode? I have it here somewhere. Uh, he was Lieutenant Commander Heisel Delt in The Child, 1988. Ooh. Big deal. What's going on now? Look at that Dewsbury. He's total Dewsbury looking. <laughs> right, Zonker and uh, right. Mark. Yeah. Now, well, you might recognize him, Buddy from uh, Black Hole, the Disney movie. Yeah, keep talking, man. I love that movie. He's in Hollywood Bowl. Look at that. He's performing in, in Hollywood Bowl. If only. Yeah. Well, you see, it's an empty. Oh damn it! It's never explained why they're there and why it's empty. Now he was in the Dove. He was in Holocaust in 1978. And he wow. was in The Black Hole in 79, and then he went away. Oh, yeah, I saw Black Hole in the theater. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I might have as well uh, with that that ruckety old, rusty Garbage. old uh, like R2-D2. Bucket, that yeah. droid. It was named Bob, B-O-B, right? Or something <laughs> like that? Like Bob Bot or something like that? Some shit was like it? that. And he would talk like the tow truck from... Uh, you know, he was a famous uh, <laughs> from guy. cars. He, he sounded like Larry the Cable Guy Tater. Well, if I tell the truth, that guy. Well, it, it's more if like. If I'm lying, I'm crying. That was tater? the guy we saw in Mr. Billion. Oh, uh, uh. And he was in Why I Love the Bomb, uh, Dr. Strange Love. I think it was his voice. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> Come rob me, I swear you. I think it was him. Oh, he was out of terror back then. <laughs> Will you play a robot? Yeah, I guess I reckon I would. <laughs> well, I suppose and I reckon I... Well, I was Have you seen the Star Wars? y'all about that. Kids keep talking about the Star Wars. Hey, Disney, we should make our own Star Wars movie. That sounds great. Kids love Star, Star Wars. Why don't we get Slim Pickens to play the robot? It's a droid. Thank you very much. Oh, right, droid. Is now, it, this is film it... is really quite bad. What's happening now is Roger has 
feels like he's betrayed Buddy by just selling the songs and not, or he didn't sell them, but he's got a contract for just the songs. So he's coming at three in the morning to uh, Steve's house, who's banging Tina as usual. Right. And he's I like explaining like how down he is. And he's like, let's take a drive. And now this was a box office failure, it claims, but I think it was, it did all right. I, mean, I don't think anyone means, wants to see this movie. I, I mean, it, it definitely, like, if it was on TV, you would watch it, but you wouldn't go, like, unless you were a total gearhead or, or someone from yeah, Los Angeles. unless you were a total gearhead. Now, it says box office was $2.1 then a different source says $1.7 million. I don't know how much it took to, to make it, but that doesn't right. – in 81, those are good numbers. Yeah. There's a lot of good movies in 81. This this apartment's got to be in Laurel Canyon, by the way. There's yeah, you see the famous L.A. skyline. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay, so they're out cruising, but they don't go on a ride together. They're just trying to figure out how are they going to break it to Buddy that he's not going to be the recording artist, but they're just going to buy his songs. So Carl, he still gets money, right? He'll get he, money. Yeah. yeah. But he it's like a Hollywood truth that you're not gonna make it, kid. You're more behind the scenes. Right, exactly right. But then later on, Tina's gonna get to make it. And really? that's really gonna hurt. And when yeah, Tina starts crazy. to make it, she like kind of like breaks up with Mark without uh with breaks up with steve, with steve. without say, right but steve is so cold-hearted he doesn't get his heart broke outwardly you know he he's stone-faced and rigid i mean he's clashing <laughs> the titans dude yeah yeah he's wooden you're right he they called him old wooden plank face <laughs> yeah that's right what was it uh buster keaton was called old stone old stone face stone face right yeah yeah he was known as old wood face so here's Buddy screwing around. The boys stayed up all night. How are they going to break it to him? And now they're going to come break it to him. He should just take it, right? Or no? You're young. He will, in the end, person. just take it. Yes, but it's good. But his be. ego. Yeah. No, what about my ego? He's still singing? It's a defense mechanism. He's trying to not deal. He he knows two people just walked in. The yeah, room. they they're in there. Hi guys, I was just writing my song. How why'd you got to be so rude? How can I help you? Go ahead. We're here to we're here for the future. We're here to prevent you from writing that song. Oh no, I, I'm gonna bury her anyway. I don't I don't care what you say. Her. Now, this was shot in 35 days. That is pretty fast. Yeah. It, it's entirely on location at this classic section of Mulholland Drive that the real-life racers, they called it the racetrack. It's about a mile. I shouldn't say about. It's exactly 1.8 miles. They call it a course. It's not a course, right? It's a it's a yeah. street. That's pretty cool. I mean, you got to give it up to this movie for able to to try to capture this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't because they 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 had the ball and they fumbled. They could have really captured. First of all, where are we right now? Right? 
Are we on the racetrack? No, we're talking about some music stuff. Yeah, but it's Laurel Canyon. That's all they talk about. It's authentic. You are trying to capture a gearhead movie. Right. You could have absolutely made the plot all about that. Um, it's also it's Los it's Southern California culture. You know, it's it's they have to include all this. They don't. I mean, they did, and it makes sense that Laurel Canyon. You know, this from the setting, it totally makes sense why they. If you have, a, you have an if you're doing an exploitation movie about racing, right? You're uh-huh. Roger Corman, and you come up with a movie, The Fast and the Furious. So this is a true uh-huh. story. That was a Corman movie, and then he licensed it out. Okay. Uh, so you know, you have a couple scenes of racing, and then you have still have 68 minutes to film, and you have these clunky little exposition stories, you know, and then you show well, a little you know, bit of. I, I look. If I was writing this, well, okay. Right. There's a lot of ways to approach it. Like maybe it could be there's one cop, right? Who's against, right? It could be a battle of a cat and mouse. Or it could be absolutely a love story, a romance. Okay, by the way, now we're going to get Hopper freaking out. Okay. Being a jerk. Holy shit. There's some horse like going for like someone stole my tail. Yeah. Look at that. It's like several rats' tails. Look at how ratty his rat's tail is. He's wait. He's wearing that flag. So to see, what does a red bandana in the left pocket mean? It's a a, a, a oil rag. Oh, it's got to be. Now, um, Cal is first of all this. Oh, hey, Grizzly Adams, come on, Grizzly. Yeah. Come on, Grizzly. Yeah, now, 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 Cal doesn't really. It's supposed to be that Cal is secretly jealous because he used to be king of the mountain and now Steve is and he wants back and he can't handle it. But it's just acted so bad and the it's written so bland that it doesn't I don't know. So is he the main character in this movie? Why why are we seeing this scene? We're seeing this scene because Cal is grouchy. He wants uh, to be the king of the mountain. And I don't know why we're we're seeing the scene because because of the end scene. In the end, Cal will race Steve. And Steve wow. will realize he doesn't want it anymore. And he will give it to Cal. Uh, and then Me? Cal will have an accident. Thanks, thanks, Carl. <laughs> well, that's been our show. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Yeah, you do? We're done. Yeah, we got to the end. Now, see this drink? I'm yeah. sure that's real alcohol. I'm sure. He pulled that out of where? Out of a garbage can? Uh, it was car. in a tie. Yes, it was behind the garbage can in a tire. It was like a stash. He's yeah. yelling at no one right now. Look at this. This is not 70s. Okay, now we're in a Hollywood. Uh, well, it isn't Hollywood. Like it's it's music. Now we're in a Hollywood music uh, party, and you can wow. see that Tina and Steve are coming in together. But that's not how they will exit. Steve will really? exit alone. Oh, she's gonna find like uh, Prince Charming here. No, what's gonna happen is. Seymour, Seymour Butts, he bought yes. their, bought the songs, 
and then he's going to have his own band record them with Tina singing. So essentially, he screwed Buddy and his buddies out of being the band, his own backup band. So, so the record producer will make a mo- lot of money there. And Tina, who was their lead singer, there she's going to be stolen. But that's what a good producer does. Uh huh. Right? You just well, you take out the crap. Yeah. It, that doesn't mean that Buddy has to be happy. It is kind of a dick move, I guess. Well, he I mean, really hates the band. Okay. In all seriousness, Mike, it, this is a fake film. Okay, it's a fake, it's it's a scripted teleplay here. But right. you're right that a good producer will pull all the elements he needs to make a hit record, and also he's going to do it for his wallet, right? It's in his own right. best interest. But people get hurt along the way, uh, and that's, we're seeing the flip side. Okay, look, Seymour's meeting Tina now. Heard a lot about you, kid. You know, <laughs> he's going to introduce him to the Sally Kellerman. Right. And now we're learning that, you know, his his band is going to. Ru- is it Sally Kellerman? No. She might have been there. I would have caught that in my research, man. I see what you're saying, though. I can see it in her face. <laughs> hey, kid. Hey. Oh, Uh-oh. are you shooting? Keep shooting. I, I don't mind. I mean, I want to, I want to think about the, our meatballs three. Oh, she was There's Buddy. Now All Buddy right. is. See, it's the three friends again, and Buddy's like, "I'm okay. Okay, I'm over it. I'm over it. I made a lot yeah. of money selling my songs. We're gonna try it again with some other band. You know, some other. We'll keep trying. We'll keep knocking on Hollywood's door." No, if they doesn't Buddy get money off of this fake band? Like, so they got screwed off. They're, they're saying you're not talented enough to be a band. Right. Every time, but I bought your song, so every time the song makes money, you get a little bit, right? Right. Really? Yes. So, so what's it, he complaining about, right? I don't know. Right. He's complaining because he was going to be the rock star who girls say, you know, I mean, he was going to be a star, and now he's just going to have some money. Right. Hey, you made a living. Uh-oh. I don't mind. I take the money. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, you could like not get money. Look at the hair. They're like the Marx Brothers, but with hair. Okay, so now he's <laughs> like the Marx Brothers. So now he's meeting Chico and Curly, <laughs> and he's gonna. There's gonna say my band is gonna record it, and he's gonna. It's really gonna. This is my favorite kind of three sieges where they're all curly. Cadillac Blue, gonna do four of your tunes. Get uh, let's move to Nashville. Roger just found out during this party, so Buddy's gonna be like pissed off. So what's gonna happen now is Buddy is gonna be like, I don't know, this movie's so bad, Mike. They don't do anything well. But what's supposed to happen here is Buddy is so upset that he's getting self-destructive, and he goes back on the racing circuit, and he's oh, going to yeah. race tonight. It's so supposed he... to be like him doing something reckless. And that happens in this movie. No, it doesn't happen. It does happen. It's just 
it's not enough. It's not strong enough. Oh, so we just got to hang out until the racing scene, basically. No, uh, we didn't just get to hang out till the racing scene. A lot of stuff went down here, right? I mean, Tina, uh, Steve's going to lose his girlfriend. Roger is going to get screwed over. And yet it looks like Roger was the guy who betrayed him when he wasn't. And Buddy is getting triple screwed and they're stealing his lead singer. So no, we're not just killing time <laughs> until we see the racing. Well, now they're in the car. Okay, I'm ready. This is Something's going to happen. Something finally is going to happen in this movie. Some in plot stupid plot. <laughs> this is so... Plot, 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 plot. Get to it's the racing. such a bad film, man. Look, this film should have been all about the racing. They could have absolutely done their... Okay, so now Steve is leaving alone, and he's pissed off. And we're just going to see him get mad at the at the valet guy. So the director shows us that he's upset. Right. <laughs> look, look at how not upset he is as an upset person. He's a real, you know, you know. The only one upset in that scene is the guy who played the ballet. He's like, that's it. That yeah, was my role. Right. I played ballet. He got a golden globe for his ballet performance. Because <laughs> he's think, only acting. You're bitter about your career. I play ballet in this movie. Okay, now, Cal is trying to challenge someone to a race. Cal is sick of not racing, and he wants to be king of the hill again. So he, he's acting crazy in front of all these people, and they just don't want any part of him. It's almost he's, like real. He is kind of like king of the hill. He's outside drinking. Yes. That's what they did to king of the hill. Finish you out of the question. Crazy hopper. That's right. But it's not good crazy hopper. It's just stupid crazy hopper. It's it's a, a person who really is in real life drunk and he really is ad living. Yeah, now, weird. It's unclear from the film if Cal knows Buddy. Now, Cal knows Steve and Buddy right. knows Steve, but the way they talk to each other, it's as if they're strangers. So Buddy's like, all right, I'll race you, you know? And that's he had a bad day. Cal goes against Buddy. So Buddy had a bad day because his song, he got screwed over by the record producer. Right, he got double screwed over. One is, we're not, you know, we're just buying your songs. Secondly, I'm recording four of them with this band that's kind of a rival to you. And thirdly, I'm stealing your lead singer. And now he's going to take it out on Cal. Well, he's going to—he's going he's gonna... to recklessly race again, something he swore off. So Cal wants to be king of the mountain again, but he just wants to distract himself and do a race. I don't know. It's it, all right. <laughs> now look, this one thing that's good about this is this is the correct. Of, I mean, the internet tells me, and gearheads tell me. This is the correct sequence of corners and straights. There's no oh, Hollywood so, cuts and pastes and jumbled cool. locations. Well, that's the reason why you would see this in the theater, to see this kind of racing. Yeah, there's no evidence of, like, faking things to make it look faster, which was a common trick, you know, like. Right. Oh, yeah, you can tell that the piano player starts speeding up his tune, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
So you know how like um, oh, I'll be there'll be a scene in New York and I'll be complaining that we're in the village now we're on Central Park it makes no sense and like yeah. you guys did with Burglar. Yeah, right. See, so how did you get to the cross bridge by the, the hospital and then suddenly you're in Alamo Square? It doesn't make any sense. And Adam did it in the Montclair one. What if yeah, I so they, went, they were at Bellevue movie right. house and then yeah. And then they're in Bluefield Avenue by Lackawanna Station. It makes no sense. Well, that none of that happens in this film. They don't do that at all. When you're seeing them race the one point eight mile strip, it's this accurate. Trip. Like right now, track. they're at the beginning of it, and in the middle, they'll be in the middle of it. It's it's accurate. It's kind of wasted on the night, though. Well, they couldn't do it during the day. <laughs> they could, and they have. Yes, you've this seen day this, this director is famous for the night for night film and making. He's not. He's famous for Men in Black. Now the the. The author is interesting. First of all, there were two authors. One's named H.R. Christian. I can find almost no information about him. He did Active Violence in 74, and he wrote Black Mama, White Mama, which was a Pam Greer film in 73. Sure. But what's really interesting is the other writer. Her name is Lee Chapman, and she was a she was an actress as well. She really did act as much as she wrote. And she was the secretary named Sarah Johnson in Man from Uncle in 65. Okay. She had a lot of TV work. She was on The Monkees. You, you'll like that. Yeah. So she was like a 60s uh, glamour girl. Uh, probably. I don't know if glamour girl is the right term. But, yeah, she was an actress. But she was a writer at the same time. It's, I'm really impressed with her. My Favorite Martian, Mission Impossible, Wild Wild West. Nice. She wrote the pilot for Texas Walker Ranger. Walker, uh, Texas Ranger? Uh, yeah, I think that's the right combination of words. <laughs> she wrote the Octagon for Chuck Norris in 1980. Ooh, doing some Norris work. Mod Squad. It takes a thief. Now, she the most interesting thing is the story. She quit acting because of Desi Arnaz. <laughs> really? Yeah, she called up her agent. She's like, all I'm doing is writing, writing, writing. Get me an acting gig again. And he goes, all right. And so there's a TV pilot called uh, Land's End with Desi Arnaz. And Desi Arnaz was just like a drunk and a real pig and yeah. tried to, you know, tried to screw her and she was like i'm not acting anymore i'm done wow that's really cool i mean that's an interesting story it's not cool but yeah it's not cool and the the it, she let it all fly in this uh interview when she was 75 years old um well, well what happened to cal cal is going to have an accident now well who, whose carbs just blew up cal Whoa. Uh, no 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 i'm sorry buddy Buddy is going to have an accident now. Buddy is dead. Buddy got reckless, but, you know. Oh, and Hamilton. And Ham yeah, and Hamilton. look at his acting. He's really broken up. You can see it in his face. Yeah, you can see the splinters going out. Yeah, look at him gawk. Look at him gawk. He really stared. He really <laughs> stared. What a smart man. He went to the yeah, elevator. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good, Mark. He saw his car. Hamlin, that's good. Can you stare harder? Okay, 
Can you give me harder? Okay, roll them. So just pretend your friend's on fire. Here, let me do it. Oh my God, my friend's on fire. See, it's really natural. Go ahead and try it. Look at that. Oh, damn it. D could you, can you please dilate your pupil a little? <laughs> great, great. It's the one emotion everybody could do. Your friend is cars on fire. You're watching a bird. Go. Go. Keep a blank face. <laughs> so All right. Sad, okay. That's what you would do if you weren't reacting. Now let's do this again. It really would be great if he would just have a facial expression. He really is. His friend is on fire. He's watching his friend burn. <laughs> not even. Burn. I mean, I can't think of anything else you can't react to. Now, this director had a 20-year career directing and producing television. Before that, he did like four feature films from. Two of them for major studios, two independents. But really, it would he left film around this time and turned to TV. Twenty-seven television movies for all wow. the networks. Wow, that's crazy. That's a good director. He did five pilots. He did twenty-five hours of episodic series television, um, and he was a professor in Southern Cal School yeah. of Cinematic Arts. So he 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 definitely was busy. He took the money. Yeah, he had a full career. He never didn't work. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I, I picked one of his movies for next week. So okay. at, the this, at the end of this film, I'll read it. <laughs> it's one of his theatrically released films. Hmm. What could it be? Was it from earlier than this? Yes, I don't know. It was? It yeah. was in the 70s well, then. This is his last theatrical release movie, Would right? Would you say it was in the mid-70s? Uh, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to listen to the whole episode. Does it involve a lady? <laughs> oh, it, maybe there's a dreamer involved. <laughs> no, not the dreamer. <laughs> no dreamer. Oh, yes, a lady. It's Las, it's Las Vegas Ladies. We'll talk ah, about it. 1975, Las Vegas Lady. Yeah, that's next week's film. All right, guys, that's been the show. Cal dies. Da, da, da. <laughs> the California dream dies, dude. <laughs> hey, man. That's, yeah, just that's all of this film. He really does a bad job here. And listen, lots of people are Dennis Hopper fans. I am not. I am a fan of when you use him the right way. In Apocalypse Now, the director, you know, Francis Ford Coppola, really use it in the right way. Now, it's true. Francis Ford Coppola burnt a lot of reels of film during Apocalypse Now. But that wasn't – But because he wasted time, like, doing this whole French-Vietnam subplot, and he wasted time. Oh, yeah. I mean. but, but when he was doing his stuff with Marlon Brando and Dennis Hopper, and he was doing the right thing. He wrote it for – Dennis Hopper. He wrote for Dennis Hopper. He made Dennis Hopper do the lines. He made Dennis Hopper be sober. He had like a deal with Dennis Hopper. You want to be drunk? You could be drunk. This weekend you could totally be drunk. This weekend. You know, he would he would give yeah. him the time. Now what's up with Cal? See, okay, this guy Grizzly Adams knows that Buddy's dead. And he's like, look, man, what are you doing here? Go home. Grieve. He goes, I need to take my mind off of it. And he goes, 
I can see in your face that you're ups, uh, upset. Uh, no, I really can't. I can't see in your face. <laughs> I look into your eyes and... Your words are telling me that you are upset. The script is saying you're upset. Okay, so now Grizzly Adams tells a stupid, stupid story. This is the picture he took with Cal. It's really from, um, uh, probably from Easy Rider. Let's see the picture. Oh, him um, in the commune. Well, see, I he, guess. Was, he must have had a beard. You think he was like a beardo guy in the commune in the Easy Rider? Let's look at the picture in a second. Look, Easy Rider starts off with a lot of cocaine. They put in their motorcycle. like they're gonna In the gas st- tank. Yeah, so you go, whoa, cocaine and motorcycles. This is a really interesting movie. And then they're like, you know, he's Captain America and I'm Billy. And you go, okay, these are opinionated dudes. And then they go to the commune and the film just stops. Yeah. There. It's not. It's not from Easy Rider. Oh, all right. Okay, so anyway, the point is uh, – you should go home. So he goes home, and now Tina is doing the breakup with him by by saying stuff that's subtle, like he's like, "Do you want to get some dinner?" And she's like, "That sounds like a commitment, you know, stuff like that." <laughs> that's not so subtle. So basically, everything's falling apart for uh, his, for Steve. You know, his his best, body caught fire, died. Yeah. His job told him not to hang out. Right. And his, his girl is like, I'm going to be a famous star, so I really don't want to get tied down with you. I'll still shower in your house. <laughs> right. I'll still shower in your house. So then uh, he's going to get out on the road and be like, I don't want to be king of the hill anymore. I, I don't understand what the film is what? trying to say. Um is he really king of the mountain? Yes, he's king of the mountain. He's the one who always beats everyone at it. He knows every inch of that track. He could do it b- blindfolded. He knows every curve. Oh, ooh, telegram. Telegram. Singing telegram. This uh, is no, Lord. it's the limo driver. Your sister's dead. Is it a singing <laughs> telegram? No, sir. It's just a telegram. Would you please <laughs> sing it to me? Your mother had a stroke. Stop. Do you know that? Are you sure from the, I don't. I don't know where it's from. I. I know it's a joke. Tom Kroll taught me that joke. Oh. Telegram for Mr. Johnson. He goes, "Oh, is this a singing telegram?" He goes, "No, sir. It's just a telegram." Would you please sing it for me? I'll give you fifty dollars. I always wanted to sing a telegram. <laughs> Your daddy's dead. <laughs> tell a joke about Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. Mm, Twitter well, is for uh, twins. Listen, I just know Telegram jokes. Please. See, now it's really the breakup part. and She's gone. Him smirk. And she's like, I'm leaving. I'm going in the limo. So my hair is different. Right. My hair's almost 90s. Yeah, yeah, she's going, oh, let's race. Look, he's he's all alone. He's all alone. Now, this so this director, he's not like those directors from the Fast and the Furious movies. They don't really care about, like, flashy racing or... Uh, he is true to the racing in this. He just films it. He's not doing tricks. 
And yeah. they're really uh, – the stunt drivers were racer people, and this is – and he's really being honest about the track. He's He films a race from beginning to end. You know, he's got the camera set up along the way. You're in the car with him. He does the right thing by this film, according to the gearheads on the internet. Uh, does any music play the featuring uh, Pitbull during the race? No, no. There is um, Renegade by Sticks, we already mentioned. Yeah. But there's also a Robert Palmer song. There's Walking on the Moon by the Police. Wow, and, really? Yeah. And the original songs, there's two of them. There's that Looking for Danger one that I mentioned. And yes. the other one is called, no, Dangerous Strangers. That's what it's called. Dangerous Strangers? Yeah. Let's That's... be dangerous strangers. Are you <laughs> looking for love or a one-night stand? Let's be, unlike you, I see this film like four times. Yes, right. That's of course. I'm, I'm just the audience member. I'm the audience member, Carl. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie four times. Without the audio even. Um, the other song is called Where Do I Put In? Jack Nietzsche produced it. Deborah yeah. Van Verkenberg, she sang it herself. Does, uh, uh, did they mean to have dangerous rhyme with strangers? I mean, is that the idea? Danger and stranger is supposed to rhyme. Yeah. Let's it... be danger, stranger. That's what. Danger strangers. Yeah. Oh, let's be danger strangers, Carl. Let's be dangerous strangers. Oh, look at this montage. Pretend I don't even know your name. Look, he's reflecting. He's reflecting. I'm right? going to park the car here, and now I'm going to park the car here. Look at that fog. Jesus Christ. What does it all mean? Is it fog or smog? What is this <laughs> life? Did I get my car smog checked? Is Buddy up there? Is 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 Tina down here? What does it all mean? <laughs> Maybe I should brace dumb. it out. It doesn't have. There is no character arc. There is no character arc. I mean, there is, but you don't know what it means. He started what? off King of the Hill, right, and then, you know, Cal wants to compete with him. His friends are doing music. The, oh, there's the record deal screwed, gets him screwed over. He loses his girl. Buddy dies. Uh, Cal challenges him, and he says, I don't want to be king of the mountain anymore. And we're supposed to, it's supposed to be a character arc, but it doesn't make any sense. Listen here on the mountain king, mountain king, mountain king. Listen here on the mountain king. I'm the king of the mountain sea, mountain ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Now, this is a monster rat rod, 1967 Chevy, Chevrolet Corvette Stingray. It's pretty badass. Now, you're going to see probably this is the, the scenes in which Dennis Hopper was driving drunk with the six-pack. <laughs> oh, um, cool. Okay. Dennis Hopper actually drove his character's Corvette on one last instance to get footage for the climactic film's climactic race. The vehicle was fitted with three compact ARRI cameras, each with 300-foot roll of film installed, each connected as an in-cabin switch along. Hopper returned to them when he started off, when the film ran out, 
On the day the footage was shot, Hopper was reportedly very drunk. He had spent the day <laughs> in his trailer drinking beer. Despite crew protests, director oh Noel Nosek allowed Hopper to drive the car. And according to crew members, his entire car, he entered the car with a fresh six-pack. After taking off, he spent almost an hour in the vehicle, despite there being only enough film for a few minutes of footage. And he returned when the six-pack was empty. That's great. Oh, I feel like a young Dak Shepard hearing that story. My inner gearhead, those uh, gooey, gooey Hollywood gearhead stories. So this is for real now. Yeah. He, he, it's, it's, see, it's during the day. They started at the beginning of the race. It, you know, he, it's really the whole stretch of the canyon as it goes. It's, it's like every turn. Right. It's for real. And gearheads love that about this film. Yeah. I'm a big Dennis Hopper fan. I mean, I, I want to say this is a good movie just because you get to see him at his worst. Well, Dennis Hopper, by the way, neither Dennis or or uh, Mark Hamlin are really doing the, you know, when you see it right now, they're dry. Some people are driving this stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. But he, this is the footage that Dennis, you know, the 15 minutes, uh, the three cameras and. Where's the beer, though? He was supposed to be drinking beer. He probably finished. He only had six. No, but the the film started right away. So within the first 5, 10, 15 <laughs> minutes was when it was filming. Oh, right. So well, his I'm, beer, his six-pack was fresh. He's fucking Cal. My money's on Cal. I haven't seen this movie four times, but I'm, I'm going to bet. Well, Cal, Cal does back. win even though he dies. Oh, all right. Because Mark said, uh, Steve says, I don't want it anymore. And he, and he puts on the brake and lets Cal pass him. And then it's so stupid. It's wrong. Does, you never do Steve? this in a movie. In a who movie, does, you never yeah. have coincidence and happenstance. You never have things happen by accident. There's always supposed to be a plot driven reason. Well, Cal will come upon some men at work. Whoa! And to avoid them, he'll go over the cliff. It makes no sense. He, if, if it's Cal's character. No. <laughs> Cal's character is he often, he's so reckless, he comes to men who are fixing yes. the road. No. Yes. His character arc goes over a cliff at the end of the movie. Because that's the arc. Yeah. <laughs> He's arching the car. Guy. Oh, no. That's his car's arc, not his character's arc. <laughs> well, the character's in the car. At the time of going over the cliff. Now, I you see, see that explosion. He's remembering. Buddy's explosion. Right. Buddy here. And it's like he's going to decide. Here he goes. I don't want it. I don't want it. And he just, oh, so, yeah, I was going to ask you, Carl, like, who does he say it to? He just says it to himself. Yeah. And he downshifts and he lets Cal go. Cal looks in the rearview mirror like, the fuck you doing? I don't want to like, oh, no, men at work. Look out. Whoa. Just, it's, whoa. He's out of his car and he can see all yes. the way. Boom. Boom. Cal's still in that car, right? Hell cute. Yeah. Wow, a lot of car a lot of my best friends get caught in fires. Mm-hmm. 
It's good. I wouldn't call Cal a friend, not to. He's a coworker. <laughs> Everyone else is running away. They don't want to look down the cliff. Buddy. Now, okay. Stare. Okay. St- oh, stare. Uh, act. Okay, now I need you to react. And, all right, we'll do the take again. So he'll turn off the stopwatch. Look at that. Just no emotion uh, whatsoever. And just that's it? The movie's just green Stare. Just a goofy. And there comes the credits. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been King of the Mountain from 1981. Why the end on a still? Hamill's, his face was always a still. <laughs> I know he's is he still moving? He's probably still moving. There was a right. bunch of scenes in this film where I thought that there was a glitch and it was it froze, but it was just his acting. Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Well, I think that it did a good job by the cars that it shows. It did a good job by being honest about the track and filming it well. But uh this the the story made no sense. Um uh, they they fumbled the ball here. They had a chance to really make a good film about a time in which there was a a real uh, racetrack in real life, you know, real rebels, and they they didn't they didn't make that film. So. Wow, yeah, I mean the fact that Dennis Hopper's in it, the fact that they do real racing in real time like that, and the fact that it's about the industry at the time, you know, I, I can't ignore this film. And you saw the credits coming up there. The music sounds terrific. A lot of gearheads play themselves, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's everything to love about this film, except that it's just not, yeah, as you say, there's no real anything happens. It's not really handled well. Yeah. But and, Okay, so if you're insisting that the music industry has to be in this film, and it doesn't, right. but if you insist that, still they could have done it better, much better. He just he got screwed over, and then they kind of used the racing as a crutch. I don't know. Yeah, instead of this film being about the racing. If it was a Fast and Furious movie, the way they make their money is betting on the races. Oh? Right? Don't they, like, bet on each other? Oh, I, I don't know that series. You love that series, and you told me to get into it. So yes. you told me one to rent. So yes. I rented it. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. I never... I've never rent, liked that series. Fast and the Furious, then rent Too Fast and Furious, then rent Fast and the Furious 3 and Tokyo Drift and The Fast and the Furious and Tokyo Fast Five. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, wow, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our movie. Uh, hope you enjoy it. It's a curiosity film for sure. Curio. Uh, next week, we're going to watch, as we mentioned, another film from this director. He may have done a hundred million. Uh, TV, uh, television movies, but we we dig his theatrical work. And uh, next week we're gonna watch a film with Stella Stevens. It's called Los Angeles. Was it Las Vegas Ladies? I have to find that. It's called Las Vegas Lady, and there is a trailer. Okay, so okay. if you put in Las Vegas Lady 1975, you'll try find a trailer from the channel Death Trap Trailers. Ooh, I don't know about that. Okay, I see it. And they've got. 2,000, over 2,000 subscribers, so they're doing Ooh, all maybe right. I should add. Okay, I see Las Vegas ladies. All right, so we're going to go ahead and play uh, Las Vegas ladies 1975.
Are you playing the audio? No. Can you play it? I'll try. Okay. Um, once again, Las Vegas Ladies 1975 is the search. Death cap, death trap trailers yep. is the channel we like. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Ooh, it's gonna be makeup for me. <laughs> There's the Las Vegas. Wayne Newton, Mike Spiegel in opening. I don't know if you do that. He's a prostitute. She's the only lady in Las Vegas. Oh, she's the only lady in Las Vegas. Interesting premise. Oh, I stopped yeah. the trailer, damn it. Lady. Well, it's exactly what you expect. Have you ever been to Las Vegas, the Circus Circus? Sure. She's more than just it's great. Oh, right. When you lived in Los Angeles, you would drive down there. Um... I've been to Las Vegas several times, once for work, and you're right that I was there for Nat P convention, and we drove to Los Angeles through the ugliest desert ever, man. Oh, how fun. Right, yeah. Well, that, that once you're there, it's this glamorous place. One thing that was great is on your way to Vegas, you come upon these ghost towns, and we came upon this silver mine that was embarrassed. Em, em, uh, embarrassed. We yeah. came upon this silver mine that was abandoned. And I kept on thinking to myself, like, sure, it's not enough money for a corporation, but for one man who's there alone and he just mines silver all day, that could work. Oh, yeah, right. Nice to go back. We're missing a lot of action. Yeah, I pressed pause on the trailer, so I screwed <laughs> it up. But okay, uh, well, it looks I, interesting. I could... Well, here, I can, let me reenact the trailer for you. Okay. Do, 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 do. 1975 movies present. Do, 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 do. She may have lives in La Nevada, but it's Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Uh, I'm your boss, and I'm mean. Well, we're going to take your money back. Do, 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 do. She's climbing up buildings like she's Batman. The Circus Circus. The, she's That's her climbing up? As one of the three women. Oh, there's three women. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's Stella Stevens from The Nutty Professor and her buddies, and they all work at the casino, and they're getting revenge. And it's not a... Oh, okay. I thought it was a... Um, Sorry, Stella Stevens. Stuart Whitman. Stuart Whitman. Yeah, but Stuart who's Whitman. the third person? She's African-American? I don't know who Stuart... Uh, Okay. I don't know. Well, Stuart's a guy. Stuart so must be the yeah. boss. Yeah. Yeah. The the other two ladies aren't mentioned in the credit. Well, who knows? We'll have to find out next week uh, on Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. Mike Spiegelman and Carl, best known as L W A F L M O Y T. Subscribe to us. Uh, go ahead and uh, join us on YouTube. It's a, our channel. And also, we have uh, a copy of Going Bananas. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter or leave us a note on Twitter at LWAFLMOYT and we'll send you the link. All right, Carl, I'm uh, looking forward to next week when we watch Las Vegas Lady. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's
wrote this song. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been... It's six o'clock. It's time here at mutinyradio.fm and .sf for outdoor comedy, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put on a little Miles Davis. We're gonna chill out and listen to the dulcet tones of jazz here as we get ready for a great show out on the street, socially distanced, everyone wearing masks, hilarious comics. Can't wait for it. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We'll be right back. Check, check, check. I got a Russian friend and a check one, too. Thank you. 
Bundle up, Buttercup. But we're going to get started in about five minutes. We got the ladies here. Yeah. Hey, they're a real audience. Excited about that. Hey, guy driving by in a car. Yeah. Comedy going to happen here in a few minutes. Yeah. It's good. It's like, it's, it's the new speed dating. You just get a microphone and stand on the street at yelling guys in cars. Is that, is that like catcalling? Is that like the old days? Is that feminism is real. Subjectify equally. Uh, all right. We're going to get started in a few minutes. Yay.